Hey, what's up, Black Knight Nation? It's Sal and Terdonato. We're here with a post-game, live post-game reaction to Army's big 43-10 win over Georgia State on the road. Uh, the Black Knight Nation podcast is sponsored by Higher Echelon, and I'm here with Ask for Football's Jordan Horvath to review the game. Uh, Jordan was in attendance for the Army's win. So, uh, Jordan, thanks for hopping on. We really appreciate it. And, man, what a start to the season for the Black Knights, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Sal. Um what a great start. You know, coming into this game, we're, we're three-point underdogs. ESPN had a, had us at like a 35% chance to win. And then we come through in, you know, 43-10. Like, what more can you say? Um, really should have been 45-10, but we can talk about our special teams issues later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it starts off on, you know, right from the bat, the defense, you know, just on um, the post-game conference call, and Andre Carter was on, and wow, what a game, we'll talk about his game later, but what a, you know, four four plays into the game, and the defense makes it, uh, basically, to me, a, a little bit of, obviously, a momentum-shifting play, mm -hmm. but it was also a, a game-changer, too, with that fumble, um, Eric Smith comes out of the pile with the ball, and then, you know, I think, um, I was just talking to Tyson Riley about this, Army's first three touchdowns came on third and goal. So the, their, this offense was determined to put the ball in the end zone early and uh, get up on Georgia State. And, I mean, just a great response early from the Black Knights uh, from what you saw, I'm guessing. Yeah, 100%. And one thing we've seen is that, you know, as teams study the option more and more because we, we play them more frequently, you know, we played Georgia State two years ago, they get better at making those halftime adjustments. And coming into this game, we didn't know who was going to start at quarterback. They didn't know who was going to start at quarterback. Literally just Jeff Munkin and, and probably Brent Davis knew. So um, we definitely had the element of surprise in the first half. And I'm glad that we were able to put up as many points as we did. You know, we put up 27 points at the half. So that was the time to do it. And I'm glad you know, we were able to take advantage of um, an energetic first half and you know, the element of surprise with the quarterbacks. We want to get a lot into the game. But I was, uh, I was messaging back and forth with somebody that was in attendance. And they told me there were – they thought there were as many Army fans as there were Georgia State game, uh, start, Georgia State fans at the game. What, what was your sense of that of the crowd there uh, today? Hundred percent. You know, walking around inside the, the gates of the stadium, there, there were quite a few Georgia State tailgates, but out in the parking lot, it was all Army. And then their, their fans were much more spread out. Um, but just based on numbers and the number of people I saw walking around, we we definitely had the advantage. So one Navy fan. Um, didn't speak to him, but <laughs> your Georgia State was not well represented. It represented, I think they have a 25,000 person capacity and maybe 5,000 people were there. Um, and over half of those were probably Army. Yeah. And we talked about, you talked about at the beginning of, of the podcast, you know, Army comes in as an underdog in this game. And some people are saying, why? You know, it's a nine win Army team, it's a yeah. team with a returning starters. I put a number out there, maybe 38 guys who started a game last year that are back. You know, mm -hmm. defense was number one ranked in the nation last year in yards allowed. And, you know, I think this – I don't know. To me, a statement game, maybe, because, I mean, I think they were a little underrated, underappreciated. I don't know if players – probably that probably doesn't go too much in the players' heads. But I know that the seniors on this team, after losing to Georgia State two years ago and the way it went down, they were determined to win tonight. Absolutely. And – Army always plays better when uh, they're an underdog, according to Vegas. Um, you know, going into this game, I was a little nervous uh, because of the line, because of the talent Georgia State had. And also, for whatever reason, Army tends to struggle early in the season. Um, 
you remember the Duke game from a couple of years ago that went disastrously. And you know, we we play good football, but we 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 make you know small errors. We put the ball on the ground. We didn't fumble it once. You know, this entire game we didn't throw an interception. So that that's fantastic, and that really I think speaks to the, some of the maturity and the discipline of this team. Um, obviously, we you know we had we had four muff punts, so we, we need to kind of get the hat fixed. Um, but overall, yeah, absolutely a statement win. Great way to start the season um, and really kind of puts things into perspective of maybe Wisconsin isn't, you know, that that far-fetched. So I'm not saying we're going to beat Wisconsin, um, but, you know, Vegas probably has this as a 30-point underdog. Maybe they need to adjust that line a little bit. Yeah, I saw somebody tweet out once I retweeted uh, Josh Conklin's uh, tweet about why why was Army an underdog in this game. The, I think the the halftime line went up to twenty points in favor of Army. You know, okay, uh, of course, yeah. after they're open by they're they're they have a twenty point lead. You know, Vegas is spot on there. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, you look at like the offense and. You talked about rotating quarterbacks, and you know, Tyler Tyler only played two drives, the opening two drives of this game, and then uh, apparently had like a maybe an ankle sprain or something to that effect. That Coach Munkin said that it looks like he'll be okay. And then you, Christian Anderson off the bench, right? Mm-hmm. And man, didn't miss a beat. That first snap that he took, it looked like one of the, the Georgia State defensive linemen kind of crashed the mesh a little bit, and the ball was exchanged a couple times. Army kept it, but after that, it was pretty much smooth sailing with Christian. Yeah, and on their Ask for Football podcast, we've had some former offensive linemen come in and talk about what a difference it makes when you switch out a quarterback. And, you know, to you and me, it's like, ah, oh, it's a different quarterback, but, you know, whatever. But, like, just where they put their hands before they receive the ball. Um, so that's not totally unexpected. And just the mesh point of the receiver. Christian Harrison did a great job. Um, he's not, in my opinion, as, as aggressive as uh, Tyler, but he does a great job managing uh, the offense well, makes great reads. Um, and he's great in space. As soon as he gets through that five yards and, you know, he sees green, he can run. So I think he had a couple opportunities to do that. Overall, really happy with the way he performed. Hope uh, Tyler's good. And we also got to see Jabari Laws and who uh, we saw another couple quarterbacks. Jamel Jones. Going. Yes, Jamel Jones. Jamel Jones, yeah. Um, Army, had, I, Army had two passing touchdowns today. I mean, both Insane. the slot backs. And – Jordan, I was calling for that. I wrote a story uh, on today uh, for today on the website saying, you know what, you know, we, we're going to see fullback die first play. We pretty much sure. can bet Vegas sure. on that um, just to see what the Georgia State's defense looked like. But man, wouldn't it be nice to have a maybe a pitch play to uh, Terrell Robinson or even a pass to Terrell Robinson just to keep the defense honest, right? Mm-hmm. And there and then there he goes and it, it beats beats a beats a defensive back wide open. Christian Anderson, perfect pass in there for for forty yard pass, and then Jamel Jones. I mean that pass to Brahe Murphy late in the game. Uh, Georgia State's getting up on the run, play action, and there's Brahe Murphy all alone. But yeah. man, if this offense can get those slots in, involved for some big time plays like that, they're going to be really can can I don't know can anybody stop them? It may not be the question, but they're going to be tough to stop. Absolutely. We have so much speed at that position. And I know that's something that the coaches have been recruiting for and practicing for and training for. And so it's good to actually finally see that come to fruition with you know, multiple quarterbacks who can pass the ball. Um, I think a couple of times that they, they wanted to throw the ball maybe uh, and they weren't able to because no one was open. But when we did throw the ball, it was just effective and it looked good and it didn't look forced and what last season, I don't know if you remember, but they had the quarterbacks going back and doing some like shoulder lean drop thing and, and then going to throw. 
they stopped doing that and you know whatever play action they were doing actually worked and it, it worked really well as we saw almost 100 yards passing this game yeah and uh uh tyler tyler um completed a pass too and he that looked mm-hmm. real comfortable to sean eckert right away and that really got you know the def- i don't know if it loosened up the defense but it, it puts in their mind hey you know Tyler's not just going to be a running quarterback. He's going to air it out. He talked about how much he worked on his passing in the spring and in the offseason, and that pass looked good. And, you know, Jeff Munkin, um, somebody in press conference asked Munkin about, you know, are we going to go to an air-style offense now with Army? And no, they're not. Of course they're not. <laughs> yeah, of course yeah. they're not. But just just to six passes a game, complete six six passes a game or whatever they had today, um, it shows progress. You know, it shows progress. <laughs> It shows that they're not going to be. To me, at times, I think that where they're just so they're they're they have their ways and they're going to stick to their offense and they're going to run fullback and run fullback. And now it shows. Hey, look at that fourth down um, goal line play with Christian Anderson out of the shotgun, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a cue back. It's a, maybe a delayed cue back draw right up the middle, knowing that knocks the socks off of his his defender and Christian Anderson can almost walk into the end zone. It's a little great creativity there on fourth down. It's not just lining up and tossing the fullback up the middle. Exactly. And and that's good to see. Uh, and it's good to see that we're in a position with our offensive line where we can do that. Because in years previous, offensive line maybe didn't get that push. They're letting people through. And so the only option they have was a quick little, you know, fullback dive up the A-gap just to get the ball off so we didn't get negative yardage. Now that the offensive line has really matured and they're healthy and they're able to get that one-yard push and keep people out of the backfield, we have opportunities to actually let plays develop. And if we want Christian Anderson to do the draw, great. I think that was a design draw, that play. But, yep. you know, he, he had options in that play if he wanted to pitch it or, if, you know, he took it himself or he probably could have uh, hand, handed it off, hand wet, could have given it to the fullback if he wanted to. Um, but either way, I, I think that the maturity of the quarterbacks and now the experience of the offensive line is really going to benefit us later in the season. I guess we talked a little bit about the defense's effort today, but I mean, you look at, you know, they give up 10 points and they force yeah. two turnovers and that Jabari Moore interception at the end of the uh, first half. I don't know what Georgia state state's doing there, but you know, when you have the ball deep down your territory with under two minutes left, I guess they were looking for points uh, or moving the ball quick and, Man, Jabari Moore, Moore has always been a guy kind of on the spot, you know, ready. It looked like he jumped it to pass a little bit, and it sets Army right up for that Anderson touchdown. That's huge. That gives you the ex, that gives you a twenty point lead at halftime. Yeah, and that actually happened in the end zone I was sitting in. Um, and you know, their quarterback went back as soon as he pivoted and looked to his right. I saw Moore just cut it. He, he read it perfectly, jumped the route. It, it was textbook. So, um, but to your point, you know, just having that solid defense that allows us to go up 27 to 7 at halftime is fantastic and the defense keeps us in the game long enough for the offense to continue to grind people down work out any you know kinks and errors that there may or may not be with the option um defense played fantastic i mean they only had the ball for 18 minutes like you can't win a football game unless you're oklahoma if you have the ball for 18 minutes so i think that speaks to offensive efficiency but also the defense just three and out three and out three and out And it wasn't even a bend don't break. It was they didn't even bend most of the time. So that was good to see. It seemed like they were able to get some pressure on the quarterback. And yeah, did they get mm-hmm. did they get to him in sacks? No, right away. But I mean, they made them hurry some throws. And uh, I think Georgia State was playing without their lead receivers, Sam Pinckney. They were playing without the, uh, their lead receiver, Sam Pinckney, too. So that 
probably affected their pl- their play calling a little bit. But man, Andre Carter with a huge game, three sacks, and talking to uh, Jeff Munkin after the game, I was like, "What kind of matchup problems did he present today?" And he's like, mm-hmm. "Today, it might be all season with Andre Carter. You six seven two sixty five coming off the edge there with some speed. Yeah, who's blocking, who's blocking that guy?" Yeah, I mean, we were in the backfield almost every play. And if we didn't sack him, we were, you know, a second or two away from it. So, and, you know, a defensive line, fantastic. They're aggressive. I want to talk about our cornerbacks because traditionally the Achilles heel of our defense has been the cornerbacks. They played lights out today against a team that only wants to pass. And uh, it was just incredible. Very happy with the way the cornerbacks played. Didn't get beat deep, did not get burned, read the routes correctly. Uh, we're, we're good in pursuit, good in coverage, everything. So I, I don't know who that position coach is, but he has done a fantastic job with that group. I'm pretty sure it's Daryl Dixon is the corners coach. Okay. Um, yeah, and you know what? Toward the end of the game, right, you're seeing the depth of Army at cornerback when Isaiah mm-hmm. Morris goes into the game. He, he he does a great job on a deep ball and coverage, and he knocks the ball away in the end zone too. Yeah. And that's a guy who's, you know, he's he's behind like a Jabari Moore and a Julian Duff uh, McDuffie. And, mm-hmm. you know, Cameron, Cam Jones got some playing time today. Um, you yeah. know, they're, they're about five or six deep at corner. And I think any of those guys are showing that they're they're ready to go. And you looked at – we talked a little bit about this, but there, you t- tell us a little bit about the, the game. It was 80, 82 degrees, 82, three degrees, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. then on the field, it's hotter. Army guys um, – there's a lot of rotation in with players because some guys are going off with cramps and stuff. And so the next guy up mentality and, and they're not really missing too much of a beat with that. No, I mean, you couldn't tell when people were coming in and out. I mean, traditionally, you know, five years ago, if you will, um, you could tell a difference between the first string and the second string. Now it, it's almost indiscernible. And, and to your point, it was eight to 83 degrees, but it's hot on the turf and they, you know, the little black rubber pellets just get so hot and you're standing on it. So saw a lot of guys go down with cramps. Um, it was just hot in the stadium. We were down in section 101 and it was so hot. I had to kind of come up a little bit up into the, the 200s and had the overhang. So um, was watching the sun, you know, slowly creep up towards our seat as as the day went on. But thankfully, we were we were in the shade most of the time. But players did did not have that luxury. As a West Point grad, it's got to be like to go out, to go to see Army uh, on the road and see them win and hear the alma mater be playing and then to hear the uh, beat Navy at the end. Right? I mean, there, I don't know if there's anything. Uh, I don't think anything better fan experience than that. No, it, it's cool. And you know, I graduated in eighteen, and I have not seen pretty much any of my classmates since then. I, I didn't go to the Army-Navy in 18. I went in 19. Then obviously last year, nothing happened. So it was good to see so many of my classmates show up. So many, you know, class of 20, class of 21 graduate there. Um, it, it was really cool. It felt like a family reunion. Uh, my brother is as a plebe on the football team. So my mom's in some group chat and all the other freshman football moms all got together. So we tailgated beforehand. That's fun. It really did feel like a home game. Uh, their announcer was obnoxious. <laughs> he just every time you know they would get a hit, he go, "Oh, boo!" Down thirty points, and he's hooting and hollering and screaming about third down, and all their fans have left by this point, and they got that horn. But I mean, other than that, it really did feel oh, like yeah. a home game, and winning was fantastic. And then singing the alma mater was great. 
Luckily, there weren't too many times you used that horn today, you know. So. No, yeah. Well, every third down they tried to do it, but other than that, they really didn't have an opportunity. So, <laughs> what was a uh, a pregame tailgate like with uh, you know Army uh, football moms? Uh, they, I don't want to call them wild, but they love their children. They know what's going on, and they are very in tune to what's happening. And they were fired up about football and. Saw some uh, some little things of vodka and some purses and some little solo cups floating around. This was, you know, 9 a.m. So they were getting after it. Apparently, they've been out since like 7 or 7.30. So uh, yeah. Army always has a good showing, uh, and we always win the tailgate. Yeah, and it gives a little practice for next week's home opener against Western Kentucky. Exactly. Um, yeah, Western Kentucky, what? They had a, they had a uh, FCS transfer throw for seven touchdowns against – Tennessee Martin um, earlier this week. So, um, you know, but I, you, as an Army fan, you don't really sweat that too much because you, we talked about the secondary, right? We talked about yeah. how deep the secondary is, and we talked talked about the pressure that they were able to get on the quarterback uh, today. And uh, Andre Carter just said, hey, Coach Woody and the defensive coaches set us up with some good schemes and things mm-hmm. uh, Things all came together. Um, you know, inside linebacker Brian Burton's a freshman, right? He's making his first – he's playing his first college game – Spencer Jones is a little banged up. Spencer Jones played later on. Brian Burton, first play of the game, is right there assisting or making a tackle on the first play. Yeah. You know, playing his assignments. So, I mean, uh, he did play at the prep school last year, but that shows you that these coaches have got even, you know, a guy who's, you know, that adrenaline on your first college game has got to be absolutely out of the park. And he's able to, like, just focus and make his plays. And uh, I don't know. Um, the only thing, I mean, you had the good. I usually do a good, bad, and ugly, right? I mean, yeah, bad and ugly has to be special teams, right? Um, yeah, I don't. I've never seen what happened earlier in the game in, in watching college football all my life, where you had two punts that were muffed by Army, two punts that were recovered by Georgia State, but yet taken back because of holding penalties. Yeah, and, I mean, and we got bailed out. It just their lack of discipline really saved us on that because that momentum shift, you know, you mentioned we were up, I think seven, nothing by that point. And that momentum could have easily shifted the other way uh, had that not happened. So glad we got lucky, glad they were so undisciplined, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big red flag in my mind for special teams. And then, you know, we did it later in the game too. And it reached the point where we didn't even have anybody back returning punts by the end of the game because coach didn't trust them. And I, and I think that was the right call. Yeah, no, honestly, just being around the team and covering the team for as long as I have, I know how much Jeff Munkin cares about special teams play. Mm -hmm. That's a big thing for him. They work on it, I think, a 15-minute period at the beginning of every practice. I thought that he said during their last scrimmage, they they practiced almost every possible special team scenario uh, the last scrimmage that they could. So when he he saw that, I mean, his his radio interview at halftime – asking him about going for, you know, the going for it instead of kicking the field goal at the end of the first half, he was saying, well, what are we going to do? Kick a field goal. We missed. Maybe that would have got blocked. Now I was kind of in between things during the game. They tried a fake extra point running the kicker. Yeah, we did. Uh, you know, the holder got it, went down to put it on the ground for the kicker and then just kind of like popped it up with his other hand. So it was innovative. It was interesting, but I think Georgia State caught on pretty quickly. And it's so hard to get those two point conversions out of that because you know the the kicker seven yards back from the line, and you're 
So he's like on the 10 plus yard line. If he's, you know, it's just, it's not really feasible, but I understand why they tried to do it. It was cool to see. Um, I think it was the right call. Try to, you know, get that momentum back. But at the other day, it really didn't matter. You know, 43 to 10, we, yeah. <laughs> we, we hit the over and we covered the spread. So I would have loved to seen kicker Cole Talley get into the end zone, but that would have been, yeah. that would have been something. That would have been really cool. I think his parents were there, so that would have been really cool for them. Yeah, because uh, I, I talked to Cole earlier this week, and he talked about maybe putting some work in in the weight room and also, mm-hmm. you know, just getting focused. He hasn't kicked uh, for Army since uh, 2019. Wow. And, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, he didn't play last year. He did yeah. not play last year. Um, and he won the job in the preseason. And you look at, like, his kickoffs. You know, where I, I think – I don't know if he didn't have a touchback, you know, when he kicked off. And, uh, you know, the extra point that was blocked. But, I mean, had a – a chip shot field goal that's gonna just hey when you haven't kicked in a while in a game get that one in in the first game especially when you're it's a route right and get that under your belt and see what happens you never know what's going to happen next week against western kentucky so i mean man i, I the good bad and ugly i think it's special teams we kind of covered right is there any anything else you saw out there today really that was uh that was it you know george state kept kept trying to start fights and you know, we're just doing the kind of the pushing and you know, near the end of the game, I think there's a minute left in the game. We're up by 33 points and they, they took loss to the ground. Four guys kind of stood over him and, you know, wouldn't let him get up. And that's just ugly football, in my opinion. And I'm not impressed by that. But I mean, hey, it's Georgia State, right? They're in downtown Atlanta. What do you expect? <laughs> so, yeah. And then just for Jabari Laws to get another guy who, who hadn't played yeah. in a snap since November of 2019. Jordan, that guy. I've I've spoken to Jabari early in his career. He he's one of the nicest kids you'll ever meet, and to mm-hmm. be what he had gone through, he tore. I guess he had like a, a, maybe a torn ACL, maybe in late in the 2019 season. Then he re-injured that knee in preseason yeah. last year, and just to get him back into the game. And Coach Munkin talked about how much the team loves him, how they were mauling him after the game, like just. That technically right now is your fourth string quarterback, right? Yeah. And that's a guy who is just like, I remember going to a, uh, a spring practice and I had my daughter tag along with me. And I was talking to him and Ty here, Tyler, after the practice. This is, I believe, their sophomore going into the junior year. The offense won uh, the fourth mm-hmm. quarter Warriors and got candy bars. And they yeah. get both of them gave my daughter the candy bars to take yeah. home on the road. I mean, this, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, Jabari Laws is just a great, a great guy, and and the work that he put in to get back, and man, Georgia State that that's just total disrespect to a guy that's that's worked his tail off, like you said, and and deserves everything he gets. And uh, I know he's in line, I believe, for the Warfield Trophy. Um, he's a candidate for that. Um, just great to see. I mean, when you can run in, I mean, who didn't play this game, right? I mean, who didn't play this game? I was going to ask Coach Munkin about that. A lot of guys get their maybe first game experience or get, mm-hmm. you know, get back on the field and get some reps in. It's only going to help down the line. And looking ahead at the schedule, I mean, it's looking, you know, they can, they can have a nice little run here at the beginning of the year. Absolutely. And that, that, that's what we need. You know, we we have, yeah, I, I kind of did the math. There. You know, we beat Georgia State, which is great. We have that FCS team, which, you know, uh, was it, is it Bucknell this year? I think um, so. I think that that yeah. should be easy, you know. Connecticut and UMass, easy wins. Western Kentucky, we should win. Miami, Ohio, we should win. Ball State, we should win. And we got, you know, Wisconsin, Wake Forest. Those are going to be tough. Air Force is going to be tough just because their whole team is back from their little sabbatical or summer camp or whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, Bucknell's easy. And we got Liberty and Navy. And while, you know, Navy, we're not expecting to be great this season. 
Liberty was a good football team last year, and they're probably going to oh, be yeah. a football team this year. So as much momentum as we can get going into Wake Forest, you know, Wisconsin, Wake Forest, Air Force, I think is really going to help us. And then we have Bucknell and UMass to kind of regroup before Liberty and Navy. But if we can rack up, you know, three, four wins, one, two, three, four, five wins before Wisconsin, we're feeling pretty good, you know, going into that that stretch. I, I was very co- close to tweeting today that Army should be a ranked team after this victory. Now, okay. I know that that's, that's just probably my opinion. Back in the day, I did have a vote in the AP poll, believe it or not, back in the day. Wow, uh, that, nice. was, that was a long, long time ago. Um, yeah. But I just feel like this is definitely a win that should put them – I don't know why they're not at least considered – do I expect them to be in the top 25 preseason? I don't know. But, I mean, this is a good win. And if they can get on a roll and win those first four games, I see no reason why they're not a ranked team going into Wisconsin. No, and – you know, if you've listened to the Ask for Football show, you know that uh, I have a bone to pick with the AP poll because it's a bunch of people who don't actually watch football but know what is the largest fan base. So they all just copy each other's ballots based off of who gets the most coverage on ESPN. And all ESPN cares about is, you know, ad revenue and clicks. So realistically, you know, top 10, top 25, it's okay, who, who are the most popular schools right now? Who's buying the most, you know, UNC swag or whatever? So yeah. it, it's annoying. I don't know if Army's a top 25 team, but are we, you know, 74 or whatever somebody had us at? No. Uh, I, I, I think we could make a strong case for being top 50, maybe even top 30. Um, if play today is indicative of how good this team is, uh, it'll be interesting to see what bowl game we go to. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And, that, you know, you look at, like, the question marks, I guess, might have been on the offensive line where some guys graduated, but you had guys who started before. And you look yeah. at, like we talked about, they were knocking some, they were knocking some bodies around today, and just it was a physical play. And I, I think that the in, interior of the line was really. I was talking to somebody earlier this week, and they said that just watch. I think it was Rob Healy on our podcast, and he was just talking about watch. I watch most of the time I watch that interior, the two guards in the center, and if they're moving the ball, then I know we're going to have success with the running game. And, man, Noah Knapp and Dean Powell did a great job today. So did Connor Bishop, the center. And I, I don't know. I mean, they, they were able to rotate guys in. And I, 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 can you can you see that for live and see what see how they were knocking around guys today? Or Offensive line was very physical. Um, I know – Two years ago, they really struggled with a lot of injuries. Last year, a little bit more the same. And while it's not good that people got injured, it is good that we got game experience. Because even though those guys weren't starters, they were still able to play in a lot of games, get a lot of experience. And they were physical. They were, they were moving people off the ball, downfield throwing blocks. It, you know, it was the the type of offensive line that makes an Army fan happy to see, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, and you have six different players score touchdowns today. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Tyson Riley, first start, sophomore fullback. People are like, what's going on with the fullback situation? You know, Jacoby yeah. Buchanan's not on the depth chart. I mean, there's panic mode with Army, with our Black Knight Nation, Army football fans. And what, look at Jacoby uh, Buchanan. He was in there. He was moving, moving the pile. He scored a touchdown. They kind of shared it a little bit. Um, Tyson Riley scored the first touchdown. Anthony Atkins got involved. It was nice to see Wilson Cato get in the game late, a senior who's paid his dues and maybe might not have played on defense because he's behind some really good linebackers. And he got a chance to play late in the game, Cade Bernard also. And I think there's more coming in the fullback room. So, I mean, yeah. um, 
you know, and that we know how important that position is. And I think that, you know, we saw the depth of quarterback today for Army. We saw the depth at fullback and maybe across the board. And uh, Coach Munkin says he's a little concerned about the depth. Maybe he want, he doesn't have like six more guys who could be starters, like just laying around somewhere. But, I mean, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good players. Yeah, it really is. And unlike Davey, our entire offense and defense don't, you know, hinge on one person. We, we have depth at positions. We have solid leaders at all the positions. And it's good. It's refreshing. And, and as an Army fan, it's almost scary because you, you have to kind of learn how to trust again. You know, it's after you had your heart broken, you're going out and you're dating again, you got, you know, learn to be emotionally vulnerable. That's how it feels to be an army fan. A lot of the times because we've burned so many times in the past. And now we are in a truly a different age of army football and we need to trust coach. And while everyone has their opinion on who should start at quarterback, we just got to trust that they've done the research. They know their analytics. They've made the right decision. And if we don't see someone on the depth chart, there's no reason to throw up our hands and, you know, think the world is falling because we have so much depth at these positions and we have coaches who know what the heck's going on. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of they only went too deep. You know, I mean, yeah. they only listed two quarterbacks. They only listed two fullbacks. And in mm-hmm. the past, you've seen four fullbacks listed at times. You've seen a, yeah. uh, you know, a list, a long list of quarterbacks because of the guys have been banged up and it's a season opener. Uh, no need well, to panic. Um they also wanna, only traveled, I think, with, with three deep. So um, we're looking at this, our sideline versus Georgia State, it was pretty apparent that we had a lot less people on the field. Um, I know they left a lot of people up at West Point. So uh, yeah. those depth charts might look a little different next week when we have the whole team. I forget. I used to ask Coach Munkin about how many he usually travels on the road. I want to say they travel around 70-ish between 70 and 75 players, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, do you bring it, it like how many quarterbacks are you going to bring? You know, I don't think yeah. Kate, I don't think Kate Ballard was on the trip. I don't think um, Maurice Ballon was on the trip. Those quarterbacks have gotten you know a good amount of reps in the, in the preseason. Those guys will dress next week at Western Kentucky. Sure. They dress more at home and uh, we'll see how that game goes. Who knows that, um, who knows they might, they might be asked to play. Ballon was asked to play a couple times late in games last year and performed. And, uh, Ballard, we know what he did last year, and I know that exactly. a lot of Army football fans think that maybe he should be under center. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those fans, but uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll save that. No doubt, no doubt. Well, Jordan, I really appreciate you hopping on after the game. Thanks for taking the time. Why don't you uh, uh, tell the people where they can find you guys? Of course, thanks, Sal. Uh, and for those of you who have not heard of As for Football, we are an Army uh, football analytics site. Uh, we do podcasts, we have Instagram, we have Twitter. Um, put out a lot of content, you know, pregame, postgame analysis, schedule preview, position preview, and, and just talk about Army football. So if you're interested in Army football, um, check out AsForFootball.com. We are on every place you get your podcasts. We have the As for Football Army Football Show. We have College Football Roundtable, which is more focused on football as a whole and you can also find us on twitter instagram and facebook um at as for football it's a great place to get your college football fix no doubt and uh yeah. big fan and uh for for us it's blacknightnation.com you can find us on all like instagram uh twitter black knight nation um we also um have the have our youtube channel where you'll find this podcast and today jordan our black knight nation shirts came in oh nice so look out you can find nice. those on our BlackNightNation.com websites. I came in like an hour into the game, like around one o'clock. It was delivered to my house today, so I had a bet with my daughter that I lost because I was hoping that it would get here before kickoff. But uh, yeah, no, you can 
you can find you can find that merch there. But hey, Jordan, great having you on. I look forward to this down the road and uh, go Army. Go Army, beat Navy. Thanks for having me, Sal.